It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, on this week's episode of 90 Degrees, we talk about what's your actual ROI on time invested, attacking niche markets, and is sports betting really about cooperation or competition? That and more on today's episode of 90 Degrees. Welcome to the 90 Degrees podcast, where we take an inside look into the sports betting industry. And I'm excited today. This is one of my favorite people uh, in gambling Twitter. He reminds me I'm a wrestling fan of like an 80s old school heel wrestler. I've got the one and only gambling Twitter D-Gen, Joey Kanis joining me. Joey, thanks for joining me. Georgie boy, as they say, the cream always rises to the top. So I'm glad you finally, we finally got to the top of this episode. Uh, you know, I figured you're going to cut a couple of promos for you here to get it started. But no, uh, good to be on with you. I'm glad uh, glad you're on the Hammer Network and stuff doing your thing. So uh, no, it is, uh, should be fun. I got to ask you about the name. Like, uh, obviously you like the movie Rounders. Otherwise, like, why would you pick the name? But why the character Kanish? Do you relate to him? Yeah, I mean, I love the fact that he was like, uh, you, you know, he wasn't a guy that was going to just uh, like your typical poker, you know, DJ, a guy that was chasing it all. He was kind of more of a, you know, he, he'd, he'd attack the small games, you know, he'd, he'd look for the easy money. He was kind of doing it to, uh, you know, just just kind of make well, not not all the glitz and the glam. And that was actually like. You know, you know, kind of uh, what I was like, it was like, it was almost like the character was like a mentor. And, uh, and then uh, I don't know, people, it just started like, I, I would say more people now in my life refer to me as like Kanish than they do by, uh, you know, my like my government name. So, uh, you know, it kind of, it, it was like, it was such a niche character that um, it, it wasn't one of those that you were taking, uh, like, it's funny now, a lot of the, you know, the, the kids, the kids in the game nowadays don't even know Joey, uh, Joey Kanish is. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm getting old, but uh yeah, I think it was a, um, you know, I liked the way he approached things just in the movie, and now it's kind of taken on a, a life of its own here. You know, it's that dynamic of if you ask young kids now who is mellow in basketball, they don't know Carmelo Anthony. Right, so Lamelo right, right. So all the young, uh, you know, aspiring sports bettors, when they hear Kanish, they don't even know that, that that's a character from the movie. They they know the one and only Joey Kanish on the Hammer Betting Network. That's right. They're, they're thinking like, oh, that Joey Kanish. So uh, I don't know. Hopefully I don't, uh, you know, hopefully I don't give me a copyright. Uh, but uh, hey, I mean, I appreciate them, <laughs> you know, lo- lo- loaning the name for, at, uh, you know, for a time period. So yeah, I know it's a, it's a, they're not trying to play poker. They're trying to do $5 uh, SGPs to win a, you know, a million in the game. Now, uh, I tell you, the old Joey Kanish wouldn't have been a fan of those either. So well, tell me like, what was the old Joey Kanish when you started uh, sports betting? Were you that like, let's play parlays and do all the bad stuff? Or did you have a, a good understanding of sports betting when you first started? No, I mean, I was doing like, uh, you know, they, they used to have these, uh, my dad would get them from like, they were like uh, the parlay, the old parlay cards that uh, a couple of old shops in Vegas still had, but he'd bring some parlay cards home with the local bookie. I'd fill out, you know, a couple of $5 cards on a Sunday. I mean, starting real early. I started when I was like 12, um, you know, getting some of the football pools and stuff. I didn't really start like 
I was probably late to the game in terms of serious betting. I, you know, for my, I was trying to do like the, the corporate career, you know, insert your spanky joke here. I was trying to climb the corporate ladder, you know, early in uh, my twenties and stuff. Wasn't, I never saw, thought betting would be like a, uh, you know, a great opportunity for a legitimate source of income. So I was doing, you know, the early online phase uh, with the sportsbook AGs and that, um, and, and, you know, trying to, you know, just, just bet for fun. It was probably, um, you know, more towards my late twenties um, when I would, you know, got more serious about doing some college football origination was building up the Twitter following. Um, so I'd say, you know, it was, it was recreational for a large part of my life until I, I would say, I mean, it's probably, you know, seven, uh, 10 years ago, you know, in that range where it started getting more serious. Uh, and especially the last five years, uh, you know, have been, you know, just increasing amounts of intensity but you know for most of my life it was kind of the same uh you know especially in the younger days where uh you know somebody in your family is a degen you play some small bets on that uh and that kind of gets you the bug but um yeah i didn't uh you know it wasn't one of those things now where you see a lot of these guys that uh you know come out of school as you know computer science and stuff and at like you know 21 they're like oh my god i'm gonna be billy walters like i'm gonna I'm going to create this model. I'm going to be rich by that, you know, and that it can kind of be a rude awakening there uh, for, for some people I know that, that have even left, you know, lucrative careers on that to, to try and make this. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a tough game to crack, my man. Yeah. 12 years old. I remember we have a Ontario lottery gaming system, which we'll talk about later. Cause I know you're familiar with it. Familiar. I was gonna yeah. say I, I might send you to the store after this for uh, a price. Uh, depending on how close your nearest, uh, you know, blue line is. Maybe a trip I usually got Zach Phillips on the run, but now I now that I know you're in, uh, we can uh, you know multitask here. So, um, like, I wanted to know: Are you self-taught? Are you uh, trial and error? Were you reading forums? Like, I know I was on the RX forum doing a lot of reading back then, uh, trying to listen to as smart people as possible. Uh, to learn about the sport like how did you learn to level up your game man this is i would say this is what i love most about sports betting is man there's no i, I would now there's more resources now than there was back you know in our day when we were trying to start up uh you know you said it with the forums and stuff but there's no you know there ain't no college class you can take to teach you how to be a great sports better there's no one way how to build uh you know a successful model there's no it's one of those things that's almost like, um, you, you know, you kind of, I, I don't want to, but you learn it from the streets. You know, you learn a piece here, you pick up a here, you pick up a few connections. They teach you some things. How to edge. It was just a, you know, a, uh, like a big conglomerate of different factors that some of it, you know, obviously was reading on the forums. Most of it was making connections with people uh, and, you know, getting, uh, you know, we, I, we started, I started a, uh, uh, slack with some guys that I'm still in uh, that I talk to every day um, that really helped each other out and that and then you know it goes on to telegram and that and then you're getting in different groups so most of it I would say is networking and picking up little pieces and everybody has their own you know right now I'm doing a lot of basically moving getting down for people there's people who do the origination aspect there's people who do the trading um, so you know it, it's I think that's the you know my favorite part is there's no one way to to skin a cat and it's kind of like a uh like a never ending strategy game there where, where there's always, you know, you're looking for a next angle. You're looking for, you know, a new opportunity, a new, you know, a new little griff there. Well, how, how can you earn, uh, you know, this week, this month, that's, uh, you know, different than, than how you did it like, you know, last month or last year. Um, so as you said, there's, there's obviously like, you know, now, right now you can go buy, like, you know, if you just want to chase steam, you buy like three odd screens packages and, and kind of do your thing like that, you know, that for most of, 
uh, you know, our, our time. That wasn't a, you know, an easy way. But just overall, it, it's it's kind of been a, uh, you know, a lifelong learning process to uh, to pick up a lot of different angles and, and find different ways to get down and stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's just there's uh, it's kind of what I like. There is no like there's no, you know, sports betting for dummies. But I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of books out there that ain't going to teach you shit. But, uh, you know, like there's, there's nothing like uh, that's going to give you this, you know, roadmap that just one way to do it. So um, I think that's I, I like that quite a bit about the the industry. Are you betting throughout the year? Like, are like what sports are you betting, or is it easier to list the ones that you're not betting? Yeah, I mean, it used to. So when I was first doing, uh, you know, more college football stuff, I would kind of do just the college football. I'd do the season and that. I'd you know do my numbers. I'd bet early in the week and stuff. Um, now it's it's uh, you know it, it it turned into you know like all of a sudden that I was doing a few more sports. Now it's just year round. Uh, I mean, there's really no, even right now in the the off season, you know, in the August where I might not be doing a lot of major league baseball, uh, but you know, there's a ton of soccer going on right now. There's obviously women's world cup, there's WNBA. Uh, there's some, you know, the, some of these alternate basketball leagues, the, you know, the TBT and the big three and all that and stuff. So, and a lot of that is, you know, where I think you can, again, it's not the most liquid, uh, you know, markets in that, but it's where you can find, you know, more significant edges you can find some you know it's it's a hard thing for for you know a bookmaker or a trader or that uh, to kind of come up with uh the angles angles and monitor and that so yeah it turned into a year-round uh thing for me i'd say you know more around you know the four or five year ago mark um and and then, you know once you once you're going year round there's really uh you know there there's you you either yeah you know, i mean you either stop or you, you it kind of becomes a year-round thing there's always uh there's always something to be betting money to be made. And that's really, it's a volume thing, you know, especially when uh, you're, you're a mover. Um, you really want to get as, you know, as much down as consistently down as you can, you know, building up those small edges of even if a guy, you know, we're only expected, you know, 3%, 5% on that on a certain sport, you just get as much in as much down as you can. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, 24 seven thing nowadays. You know, uh, you talk about these smaller markets, less liquidity, but a lot bigger edges like, uh, XFL, I did like three times the ROI that I did on the NFL just because like the, the bookmakers had no clue. I only wish I had access to Circa who always opened first on XFL and frankly opened up wrong more times than not. Um, like, do you, did you bet the XFL? Did you have success doing it this year? I know you were taught you went on some shows and talked about it uh, there with Nick Costas and, uh, and Sammy. Um, do you have bigger success with these little markets? Yeah, so you know what I would say it kind of the uh, the life cycle of those small football leagues, especially when they're first starting up. And as you say, is like week one, two, three. Like nobody's got a clue. The bookmakers don't have a clue. The numbers are going to be pretty dramatic. If you really dig into it, you can usually find yourself some good. As you said, you know, three times. I mean, in the NFL, you're you'll have books that'll post every line week one to 17 throughout the, the year before the season even starts. And a lot of those things, unless there's injuries, you know, those, those lines aren't that they're, they're not going to shift that throughout, throughout the year. So, but in the XFL, uh, I mean, especially with like totals and stuff, you know, when some of the new rules, people don't know what the fuck the game's going to look like here. I mean, there, you can get a lot of opportunity, even live betting. Um, as you're saying, and again, not, you're not going to get, you know, 10 dimes or, you know, 50 dimes a game on that stuff, but if you're able to, you know, especially I, I think 
in that first, you know, four to six weeks of the league, uh, there's always going to be some, uh, you know, edges. The, the problem being is when there's only, uh, whatever, you know, eight teams, ten teams in that, it tends to be, become, a, you know, pretty efficient in, in a relatively short manner. Uh, I mean, by, by, you know, a month into the season, then all of a sudden that, that edge where, you know, you were able to get, you know, three, four, five points of CLV on some of this stuff or some of the totals moving, you know, six, eight points. Eh, you know, by the time, you know, you're six weeks into the season, that that everyone's kind of, you know, been able to, it's a lot more efficient than it was. So, um, yeah, I think the, you know, the first month of the XFL was really good. I think some of the live betting opportunities were great. Um, but it's but it's short-lived, you know. When you only have that many teams and it's a shorter season, uh, then, you know, you're kind of, you know, trying to monitor some of the, you know, the injury stuff going forward, some of the changes and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it can be real good, especially uh, especially early on. Even, you know, XFL, USFL, some of the, you know, the, the leagues that they've come up with. It, it, um, I, I mean, I'll never forget, I was Fox Bets going out of business, but I remember when they, uh, they started the USFL, they opened the week one totals in, like, the, the mid to high 50s. If you followed any football league that started up in the last 30 years, the, the week one, it's always, like, six to two. None of these teams practice. They get on the practice of, you know, nobody can even, like, run, like, a you know, a simple pass. And it, uh, they all close, like, a, you know, in the low 30s. So uh, that was one of my, uh, you know, favorite, uh, yeah, Fox bet, uh, the old uh, R.I.P. Pour one out stories, but yeah, I agree with you. If you want to put in the time, those are things that you can really make it work in terms of uh, finding yourself a nice edge there. And you're so right about the early edge. By the time Week Seven ar- came around, the books finally figured out the Seattle Sea Dragons are actually a really good team, despite, <laughs> their, despite what their record showed. My boy Benny, Benny DiNucci, baby, he was. <laughs> I was even when he had a couple of down, get, get, kept firing on our Sea Dragons yeah. there, and he finally paid us. You know, started to pay us off there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you like uh, attack uh, niche and e-liquid markets. You you're a mover, so you you, you deal with a lot of accounts. Does that put a target on your back when you're attacking a lot of these smaller markets? Um, you know, it's I, I think you got to get a little creative in finding ways. To, you know, it would be nice. I you know it's funny when people, you know, like uh, they, you know, people are like, like you get a, you know, a DraftKings account and it gets limited to, you know, $2.60 and then people are all upset. I mean, when you're going to bet some of these small, that's just part of the, I mean, there's, there's. In the, the macro sense, there's two ways to make it work, right? You either got to be able to beat the biggest markets where you can go into a penny, a Chris or all that and fire, you know, for a huge limit. And even if you're only returning a couple of cents throughout the year, for a cent throughout the year, you're making great money. Or you're kind of doing more of the account churn thing or finding, you know, a little bit of the shell games, finding a way to get down or whether it be, you know, maybe a kiosk or something, a way you can get down more money uh, on some of these e-liquid markets. And that's kind of been what, my specialty, um, you know, when you say a target on your back, it, it from an account churn thing, yeah, it makes it hard. From uh, you know, if you're if you want to bet small markets app only, it's never going to work. You're never going to survive. You got to do, you know, you, you know, from your own, like you know, whether you got to be find different ways to get down. Um, and that's kind of been my, you know, especially over the last few years, is is finding different ways than just like. I create an app account under my name. Oh, I want to bet some NFL draft. I'm going to crush it. Well, guess what? After, you know, like, you know, nowadays after a week or a few bets, they're like, oh, this guy wants to bet nothing but NFL draft and WNBA props. Like, oh, we, boom, now, now you're betting, you know, 50 cents. They're limiting it. So uh, you do got to get a lot more creative um, to, for, to find ways to get down uh, than just like, 
it's never going to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're just going to think that you're going to like, you know, be able to pull your phone up and like, oh, I'm going to get rich on my app and all this small stuff. It's not the way it's going to go. So yeah, I've had to, uh, to find a lot of different ways, a lot of different connections, baby betting in a lot of different places. Um, so yeah, it's kind of the, the art of the game. Can we talk about like ROI on time? Cause I actually like evaluated the NFL draft this year and we do well, it's information markets. You know, if you're glued to the screen and Twitter and refreshing, you'll be able to pick off angles. But it almost feels like we're, we're putting in two months of work for one betting event. Whereas like, you know, in the NFL, you, you can put in four or five days of work and you get rewarded every week and, and you get to keep churning the money over. Whereas the NFL draft, it feels like it, 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 I don't know if I want to say it's a poor ROI on time, but I feel like the amount of time I invested versus the payoff, it, it doesn't add up. You know what? So, I mean, that's another one of the, you, you bring up the NFL draft. That's one of those markets where three years ago, five years ago, um, especially I remember during the COVID one, like that was probably one of the, you know, like one of the most significant returns I've ever had in my life. Um, when like no sports were going on, so people were taking big limits on the draft. It's just the life cycle of a market um, now has kind of, you know, People bet into it a lot earlier now. The limits are a lot. Books are more aware that, you know, if you're betting that they're going to limit you, the limits are a lot smaller. So I agree with you in terms of, um, you know, for a lot of ever since I started, you know, seriously betting, it was always this, you know, something that, you know, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great moneymaker. But you've seen the downward trend of the opportunity. Um, and that's just I, I think I think things like that cycles like that. Um, with kind of the the legalization of sports betting. I know a lot of guys who used to do DFS have now gone into like, you know, touting player props and like it's, there's just a lot of things that add up to make it where books are more familiar with it. Limits aren't as great. More people are into it betting earlier. Um, and that's what happens. What happens to, you know, like edge and edge is always, you know, even when it's like you have your edge at some point, it's going to trend downwards and then probably be not there. It doesn't mean you can't make money on it. But as you said, the the return on investment of your time when you're, you know, I, I mean, I remember drafts in the past. I, I was literally like glued to my phone for any piece of information for as you like, you know, a month, six weeks in advance. Now, am I getting that same? Am I doing my, I, um, I, 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 I'm not putting in that amount of time because it, it's not giving me the the ROI that I would want for my time anymore. You know, when I used to be be betting, you know, fifty dollar, hundred dollar props, yeah, I would go into it. Now, you know, you, you kind of have to uh, do a little, you know, like whatever cost analysis in terms of what your time is worth if you're going to get out of it. So, yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. Hey, I want to tell you about Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book and available to bettors in Ontario. Find out what professional bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. Must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. Not available in the U.S. Now back to the show. Let's talk about uh, ROI on time and finding edges. I've seen you tweet out uh, driving across the border to Canada so you can play pro line. What what was that about? And what did you learn about how difficult it is to get money down on pro line? <laughs> this is, yeah, this is, uh, this is, uh, I, I mean, so we're, we're doing the hit the book show with Brad Powers every week, uh, right? And we're pulling up the odds board and pro lines always got these lines that are fucking three, two, three points off. And so after a few weeks, I, I'm only 15 minutes from the, the tunnel or the bridge and that to get over. So one Friday night, I was a fucking, 
Like I'm, I'm gone. Like I, I can't stay, sit here and like you know look at this anymore and not do it. Go over. Number one, don't cross the border with more than ten thousand cash. Because when you say that, that's like an automatic red flag. I get you so like that. that, that I had to go like if you ever have more cash, bring under ten thousand. Don't bring more than ten because that caused me a lot of problems both ways. I'll give you this. So I get over there, and you can only you can only bet them in like hundred dollar increments, and so you end each ticket you have to manually fill out. And so and and it's not like one bubble. There's like six bubbles. It's like filling out a kino ticket. And so I'm I'm at I'm at this poor you know this poor lady who's running the thing. I, I'm I'm filling out like thirty tickets while I'm just standing there. Took me a freaking hour. She's processing the thing. Also, then she comes back and says, "By the way, you can only cash out a thousand dollars max at any store." So to like return, go cash in. Then I'm like I'm walking around downtown Ontario giving my tickets to a bunch of different places. Uh, and on the way back. I knew the United States, when I told them I had, you know, I claimed what the money I had on me because I thought I was going to be able to get down more. I didn't know it was a $100 limit per ticket. I just, my arm was like falling off from like, you know, like filling out so many of these stupid tickets where I was only able to get down. And this is spending a lot of time. was only able to get down a few thousand. I go back and like, I had to go into the building. The guy literally takes my bag, counted out all the money I had in front of me took an hour they're asking me all these questions thinking i'm fucking pablo escobar and shit like what are you doing to this all that i just show them the tickets and I'm like, it was a nightmare like it was a legitimate like i it was like i am never doing this i i think i ended up one more one week i did it one more time i did it a little more it was a learning experience i did a little bit more strategically a little bit more efficiently especially you know planned out my thing and you know so but um yeah it was like <laughs> I, I would say, uh, you know, going forward, it, it, it'd be more like, uh, you know, sending uh, Zach or Jason, uh, you know, down to the corner store instead of uh, making the, uh, the, the the transcontinental trip for myself anymore. So what a great learning experience. I had fun. I'm going to paint a picture for you. OK, um, we have a, a weekly pool here uh, for football. It's like the same concept of like Circa, you know, we pay out six, seven hundred thousand. There's a pot that's usually around six hundred thousand dollars every week. So, um, you know, we wanted to load up and, you know, buy a bunch of different entries. So to get down 10 or 20 in a week, right? And you're talking about a $100 limit per store. You got to hit up like 128 stores <laughs> or 256. So I'm going to paint on Saturday. Me, me and my partner are sitting there and we're filling out these sheets Saturday morning. And then we figured out the fastest way to do it is one guy drives and the other guy hops in and out of <laughs> no parking you just get them out running yeah. and out and, uh, and and then there's certain areas where there's like five stores clustered and you park up and now you both get out and you're doing it <laughs> so that was the adventure uh that we go on every saturday so uh i'm glad you got a taste of it, it, it it's it's, <laughs> it's the most like inefficient process in the history of uh, like I, and i would the other thing was I when I figured out after I hit a few store like whoever's the the one guy that's like doing the trading at whatever pro line started moving the lines on me. So I'm having to like, you know, as you said, it had to be like a five store and thing because I didn't have that much time where after I put in the bets at one or two places, they started moving the numbers. 
So yeah, I, I also I I mean some of the you know that I know is an Ontario man. Some of the areas in downtown Ontario aren't. I mean I'm from Detroit, so that doesn't really affect me. But you know some of the areas in downtown Ontario aren't exactly uh, you know Hollywood by any. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it was an interesting thing. Uh, definitely uh, you know it can be fun there for you, especially if you got a buddy going with you. But yeah, uh, in terms of ROI in on your time, uh, yeah maybe not the greatest. If you ever take a wrong turn into Scarborough, uh, Toronto, and you know it looks shaky, just use my name, Kanish. You're good, brother. <laughs> I've got There's some you. guy approached me. I say, hey, I, I I know Georgie from the borough. Okay, yeah, okay, let, get, let me in the damn store to cash my pro line. Hopefully, I get the same treatment if I end up in eight, <laughs> wrong turn on eight miles. And I say, you know, Kanish, right? Um, I want to talk about like uh, you know how we talk about the industry and everybody's like, oh, it's cooperation, and then you come out and say, no, no, I treat this like competition. You're all my competition. Do you think it's cooperation or do you think it's competition? I mean, I think, um, you know, like there's a, a set amount of people that like I'll work directly with, like where we're either sharing accounts or we're sharing information. Um, so I'll say there, there is a, a cooperation aspect, but um, I, you know, I think when the specific example you were using there, when, when it was really popping off with the, the unabated uh, verse, uh, versus, uh, you know, the hammer thing, um, which, which I don't have anything, you know, personally against those people, but they, they, you know, they were basically giving out an edge that a certain book had on, on these teaser lines and they're doing it to, to, you know, gain subscriptions to show that like, Oh, look at, look at this great tool we have come pay us money to use our tool, which I get. But at the same time, when you're on the other side of that coin and you're actually trying to to leverage that edge, you know, a lot of these things where, you know, you find I me, mean, I remember the national anthem, you know, used to be, uh, you know, Robbie P will tell, tell the great story where we used to clean up on that every year. Then the one guy, day, you know, records it outside the stadium. It's, it's pretty much dead for for good. You know what I'm saying? So when you have an edge, you you know, you got to usually, especially one of those little niche edges, you protect it like it's your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, give it like it's, you know, your little child there. Yeah, you know, you put some, uh, you know, your blankets over it. You make sure no one sees it. It's like, uh, you know, like a squirrel, uh, you know, stocking up for the winter or something like that. You want to, you know what? And then you have these other people who are like, oh, look at these great edges. And, uh, man, you know, 10% edges on these teasers. And it's like, you're kidding me. So I would say for, you know, for the most part, it's a lot of a lot of competition. I mean, the sports book ain't paying you with their own money. They're paying you with somebody else's money. I mean, that's the that's the agenda. You know, it's a very uh, you know, when you look at it from a you know, the macro thing, it's kind of uh one of those uh where, you know, the rec player kind of feeds into the pot and a little bit of the sharp player takes out the top of it, um, siphons off. So uh, yeah, I think it's mostly competition, but it doesn't mean you can't collaborate with people or work together or, or earn, you know, earn with a, a certain subset of people. But I think, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, these salesmen or these telegram guys, they want to make it like where it's us versus the books. It's not really, you know, like, it's not like, oh, we're all putting in, you know, uh, this play tonight, it's us versus the book. It's not really the way, uh, the way it works, uh, you know, on the back end. But, you know, I, I see why, uh, you know, some people want to want to phrase it that way. So your competition is other sharp groups and you want to get ahead of them so that you can get the best of it, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, when you're talking, you know, like, and that's always one of those too, where like you see, you know, like Rass and those like, of like, well, who's going to wait? Why didn't you wait that you bet this? I mean, at some point, everybody's trying to get the best number. Uh, I swear, you know, when you're betting sides and totals uh, and you want to get the, whatever the best number is, the most you can get at the best number. Um, and 
I mean, it's kind of a, you know, a, a zero sum when it comes to that, where either the people I work with are going to get it or somebody else is going to get it. Um, and then, you know, on the, on, on the other side of it, either like it moves X amount of points. Are we either going to come back at it? Or, you know, if I'm finally my, finally my middle, am I trading the game? You know, at what point are, you know, who's, you know, winning and losing type of thing. So, yeah, I, I think it's more um, competition based. Uh, but it doesn't mean there's a lot of people I've worked with in the industry that, uh, you know, I have collaborated with to make money together. So um, I think it's kind of a, a combo of both. All right. What about spank odds, right? I know Don Best charges $500 a month. And that's a restrictive price for some who aren't betting enough. And Spank Odds is free right now. And it's not behind a paywall. Does it bother you that Spank Odds is free and so many people have access to it? And do you think there will be a big drop-off once it does become a paid service? So I I wouldn't say it, it bothers me because there was a... Um, there w- I mean, you have seen within the last year or two, it, it, Spank Odds is not the only odds shopping uh tool that's come out i mean there's a lot of there's one guy that really annoys me on twitter i think it's odd jam or something whatever it is. i don't i forget alex something guy drives me nuts but there's a lot of different i mean you saw on Un- unabated come out with a the product there's like I-, I mean four or five but probably even more that i don't even know about kind yeah, of you know like stamp uh, yeah yeah well, like, like, like he's got my fucking canadians at best stamp putting out this uh you know the, this tool for everybody but i mean as you said the the one thing where uh, you know, Spank Odds has given a, is he did a lot of the PPH and offshore, which most of the odd screens didn't have or wouldn't have, uh, you know, those feeds and availability to which he was able to use the connections. The other one is he basically took the Donbass software and kind of like, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, he may, may re, you know, reinvented it with something. I mean, it looks, the, you know, for the most part, the exact same. And so um, there was definitely a, a gatekeeping of, uh, you know, when, when Don Best was the only option for a lot of the offshore stuff um, in terms of that. But I, I, I see where he saw an opportunity, you know, Don Best service has like, we were just talking about with some of the declining pro. I mean, they've lost feeds. They've all of their injury stuff is garbage. They basically given up on injury report. Like their product while not costing any less has been in decline for quite a while. He sees an opportunity where, uh, you know, he can, make money at some point doing that. So I don't blame them. Um, and I don't, I don't think it'll have a, you know, a significant impact once he starts, starts charging for it. Um, I, I mean, there's just too many, too many tools out there now where people can kind of, you know, you know, run to the screen and, and kind of look at that. So, um, I, you know, I think the days of, uh, you know, lines being out there, like everything's faster now. I mean, line, like movement seems everybody's, there's just a lot more eyes everywhere and a lot more people involved in the market. So, um, no, I think it was just a, uh, you know, kind of a, a natural fan, you know, whatever he saw an opportunity and he's trying to take it. So, uh, I mean, I, if I, if I, if Kanishi, uh, Kanishi odds could do the same thing and make some money, I, I would do it too. So, Hey, the easiest way to improve as a sports better is use multiple sports books and always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, and player props. Save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet. Download the app today. If you're looking to sign up for a new sports book account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app forward slash circles off or hit the link in the description. If you sign up through this page, it helps support the show. 
Now back to the rest of the episode. Yeah, I started to doing the math on how many subscribers you would need at what price point. And I'm like, oh, this, this is Spanky's retirement plan. Once, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you're not going to have to move any more money uh, to make, make a living. You're going to Bet Bash this week. Spanky's hosting that. In fact, you're going to be on a panel with Darren Rovell, Dave Sherapan, Jeff Benson, and Rob Pizzola. Uh, are we going to get fireworks on this panel? Or are you are you going to bring the heat? Or or do you think it'll be more cordial? Because in person, everybody is a lot different than behind I, I, the screen. Yeah, you know, you said it. Like, in person, everybody's, uh, you know, a little little warmer than uh, they are, but you know, on a text box, including myself. Um, but... No, you know, hey, I, I don't think anyone uh, there is going to be, uh, you know, scared uh, to share an opinion of that. Um, I think that's what they were looking for was was kind of a, uh, you know, that some of the panels, they're more uh, directed as educational. This one should be a little bit more, uh, you know, theatrical, a little bit more, uh, you know, from the, from the entertainment and the fun side of things um, with a group of people who, you know, aren't, aren't afraid to, to share uh to share an opinion and different sides of the, you know, where the, whether it be, uh, you know, the content or Benson behind the counter or yeah. uh, me and Rob doing our thing. So, um, yeah, I think it, uh, you know, it can be, you know, one of those where, um, Hey, it'll be, it'll be at least, you know, fun for the people to, to, you know, see a little bit of uh, the entertainment side of the business. Do you like being around a lot of people like that? I don't mind it. You know, um, I, I, do, you know, for for where I'm never one of those people that's had uh, an issue like you know being free and up and presenting or doing any of that stuff uh, in front of people. I think it's a great you know the best. Uh, what I would say the biggest benefit of, of Bet Bash is uh, there's just no real opportunity. It used to be uh, wherever that analytics conference was in Boston, where a lot of people would go. That that kind of turned into a clown show. Um, but you know now it's one where like. A lot of people, that's, it's really the only opportunity you're going to have to meet a lot of people in the industry in one place and kind of have a face-to-face or just, you know, just even like people that I've bet with and, you know, exchanged thousands, tens of thousands of dollars with over the years. I've like never met Facebook, which isn't that weird for me, you know, growing up in this, like this team's video chat era, like, uh, you know, I, and you know, most of the the people I know of, you know, you know met online or met through Twitter, or, like we've had, uh you know, this type of, of interface, um, and the same thing you do, you know, I, you know, post COVID at work. So it, it doesn't, you know, it's not that odd for me in terms of, uh, not, but I think it's a great, like great opportunity to, to where like everybody's kind of in, in one place, like just so many people are spread out over the, the States or over the world. Um, you know, it's kind of the only time where, where a lot of people are going to be, uh, you know, kind of cajoled in one, one area. You like to mix it up on Twitter. Who's your favorite person in gambling Twitter to stir the pot with? Who is the favorite person uh, to stir the pot with? Um, I, you know, I don't like, I usually, I like when people, uh, there's some, there's some back and forth. They're not afraid to, to shake it up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Plus EV's one that's, uh, you know, I like to get out, you know, get under his skin. He's like, he likes to trade back and forth. Um, he's a good one. Uh, obviously, you know, me, I mean, that's how kind of Rob and I started, uh, talking was, uh, you know, taking some shots, uh, back you guys and forth. Are, uh, you guys are the iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan. Of, <laughs> of the, yeah, that, of so, There's secretly a love there, but yeah, you'll never break the character. <laughs> yeah. And that was, uh, you know, I honestly like that, that putt putt content is, uh, it was just absolutely phenomenal in terms of, uh, you know, Rufus going there, uh, and beating him. And then I'll tell you the try. He's like, "Hey, can you come out? You know, next weekend and play." 
I'm never playing. I'm never giving him the dub now. Because uh, listen, between uh, between us, who Georgia? I'm not like a. I don't go golfing all that. I putt putt occasionally. I was probably a long dog in that match. Worked out perfectly. Now people are like, oh man, Kanish can probably beat this guy. So uh, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, well, if, if if there might be a match at some point, baby, but uh, nah, no, nah, I'm just gonna keep riding this into the future. You gotta wait till Rob like breaks his foot and then start talking publicly. I said it's going to be on my local course. I'm not letting him shoot a practice round. I might make him shoot, like, you know, a left-hander or whatever the opposite is. I'm picking the clubs. I'm picking the balls. Like, I'm going to do whatever I can. Like, it's been one of those contracts that you see in boxing where the other guy's like, how did he accept this? So, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, I know they're playing the rematch here. Hopefully, uh, Rufus uh, takes him down again. All right. I want to play a game. It's called How Big of a Heel is Kanish, all right? I'm going to paint you some scenarios, and you just tell me your honest answer to each question, okay? The first one is, who is the actual villain in the movie The Dark Knight? Is it Batman or is it the Joker? I mean, I, I would still go with the Joker. I mean, I know that's cliche to say. I would still go with the, the Joker on there. Uh, maybe there's a, you know, a... a, a uh, Joey Joey America point of uh, you know kind of like uh, you know liking to see the, uh, the 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 superhero save the day and some of that, but no, I would I'm still uh, he was a little I I can respect uh, villainry, the Joker though a little too he was one of the like uh, that line like some men just want to see the world burn that to me I'm not, I'm not I mean I'm not like. If your wife, you're trying to like, you know, create like I, I like some of you know the the villain where the strategy you're trying to you know get as much money as you can or I, I don't mind backing the villain, but not like the guy who's lost his shit is just trying to fucking blow up the world or something. Well, he was he was teaching some life lessons. He had a great quote in that movie. You know, if you're good at something, never do it for free. I'm like that's some good applicable life advice. And, and meanwhile, Batman is a billionaire, and like somehow he's become a sympathetic billionaire. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> I mean, he had some cool shit and is trying to, you know, hey, save God. So, listen, I'm, I see where you're going, the question on there. The Joker, though, just not one for me where I'm trying to back. It need to be a little bit more, like, a little, a little too crazy. You got to have a, a couple of redeeming qualities, right? I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't mind, uh, you know, being, being on the rat side, but, uh, you know, you're trying to, you know, uh, whatever, blow up a nuclear bomb to, to over the cities. Uh, it's a little, that's a little bit, bit too much for me. All right, finish the sentence. What Scar did to Mufasa was blank. Ice cold. Ice cold. I mean, the guy, that was, uh, I mean, listen, that was a, you know, it was quite a stab in the back there. It, I mean, listen, I mean, that's, it's, it's a ruthless, it's a ruthless business there. Uh, you know, you're the king of the jungle thing there. So He's ambitious though, right? Like, uh, I think of it, like, I'll tell you, when my parents knew I was a little bit fucked up in the head, Joey was when I watched uh, The Lion King for the first time and I was cheering Scar as he uh, launched his brother off the gorge. And that's when my parents just knew, okay, there's something a little bit wrong with our son here. I mean, that's the other thing where, like, you know, I don't mind the cold and rude, but when you're doing it to your own, uh, you know, people there, uh, that, you know, makes me, you know, a little question uh, the, the ethical side of that. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, listen, I, I see what you're saying, but. Uh... Gee, I mean that that was your own your own your own flesh and blood there. I mean, all right. How about this one? True or false? When Shawn Michaels put Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window, he was justified. 
true. Yeah, right. I have to. I I give me the the. I remember that highlight. I don't remember the context of I mean, like they were a tag team that broke up, and after that, Shawn Michaels took his career to new achievements, and Marty Jannetty kind of like floundered from there. Like he was holding him down, and he said, I, "I need to go places in life, and I can't let you anchor me down anymore." Yeah. See, no, now that I'm all in. I, I like I'm all. It, it's like uh, you know, like when uh, Justin Timberlake, you know, dropped all his uh, dropped all, and then now now becomes like a mega at some point. You know, you got to do your own thing there, and uh, if you're, you know, your trajectory is going to be uh, a little higher on your own. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame. I like, I honestly, that the guy, I don't even remember. Like that, I wouldn't have never remembered the guy. Yeah. I know Shawn Michaels, and like all I remember is, but that, to your point there, I don't know how to get off the other guy. I was like, I, I couldn't even recall his name. Basically, Justin Timberlake and uh, synced uh, Marty Jannetty. That's kind of the analogy where he's like, all right. <laughs> One more, okay. Yes or no, money is extra sweet when you make it fading Pozzola in mini golf. Oh, yes. Yes, times that. That, I was only able to get that. I wasn't able to get that as much. Also, I'll give you this. I woke, this is, this is, I'm a late riser. I'm not a guy who gets up at the crack. I'm a night owl. There apparently, I missed like the grid. There were some like plus 200 roofie prices in the morning and they played that early practice round. I woke up too damn late. Like I woke up and then the, the steam had already came back in after they showed the practice round. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that's one of those, you know, the, the, when you, you have a great bet and you miss the opportunity, that's one of those that I'm, I'm, I'm still salty about that. I made the roofie, uh, plus one. There were, and there was an exchange that was taking, uh, taking a little, some good chunk of money on that, uh, that head to head. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty salty that I missed, uh, the big, the big roofie prices. Steaks and beers were on Pozzola all week, eh? <laughs> uh, I want to talk some current sports. You, you've you got a lot of optimism in the state of Detroit. Uh, college football, your Michigan Wolverines. What's your level of optimism for them this year? Yeah, you know, I said on Hit the Books, uh, I think it's the best Michigan team since uh, probably 2003. And, and going back before the year they won the Natty in 97, uh, which is, you know, I mean, the, the, the last time there was a team – you know this this good that you felt this good about is at least 15 20 years ago so um yeah I, I mean it's the first time i felt legitimately that they they have a shot like a real shot i know they've made the playoff back to back years but it was like are they really you know they get trucked by georgia and then i mean even if they beat they lost the game tc even if they beat them i don't think they're beating georgia again it's the first year that i think they've had a, a legitimate shot to win the national title in uh you know in two decades um and it has that kind of team so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's as optimistic. I mean, I'd say then we'll go to the, the other team in Detroit. To the first time the Lions have sold out season tickets since they opened Ford Field, which I think was like 21 or 22 years ago. And, like, some of these teams have waiting lists for, like, you know, 30 years for season tickets. It's the first time that this stadium has sold out their season ticket allotment. Um, so the the excitement around here for both teams is is palpable. Um, I spent, like, the Lions, the Lions stuff is, like, I believe this Michigan team is the goods, like has the goods to do it. The Lions, I'm excited about, but, uh, you know, to to a a point. There's been so much pain. It's like that X that's dumped you so many times. You keep going back to where that, uh, you got to be very, very cautious, uh, my friend, because, you know, you don't know how this is going to go. All right, what about uh, who's the biggest threat for the Lions? Then who's the team in the, uh, I know you're not buying one of the teams in your division. 
But who do you think is the team that's going to be your biggest threat to win the division this year? You know, I, 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 you know, so I bet some Packers division price. I know Hitman over on uh, that's been hyping up the Packers. I think they're, you know, we're a little bit undervalued to the rest of. I, I'm again, I'm a seller on the Bears. I think the Vikings are, you know, due for some regrets. They lost some defensive pieces. They haven't drafted that well, so um, I would lean the Packers, uh, but. In the, I mean, the biggest threat regard is I, the Eagles just seem to be on another level in the NFC where I think even if everything goes right for the Lions and they have a, you know, a 10-11 win season and they win the NFC North, it can you, like, can you envision Jared Goff going into Philadelphia in January and beating the Eagles in like an NFC championship game, that's very hard for me to do this. So I think that we can have a good season and win the division and make the playoffs and potentially even make an NFC title run. Um, it just seems like a Super Bowl run. Like this team is kind of one tier below the the elites of, of kind of the, you know, the NFC is Philly, especially, and then some of the teams in, in the AFC. So hey, listen, I'll take an NFC. I'll take 10-11 wins. I'm saying North, my friend. I will not be disappointed with it as long as we can get the, you know, that uh, compared to what I've seen for the last 30 years. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about the division opportunity. Uh, it would be, you know, it's some of the other elite teams. I think we're below that tier in terms of actually, like, contending for a Super Bowl. What's your Sunday look like? Uh, for me, uh, I want to paint a picture. I'm there with my cousin, and we're watching the games. And... I hack about like 30 darts and I don't even smoke during the week and I'm just drinking nonstop coffee because I'm just like a ball of nerves every Sunday. I'm incapable of watching with anybody like I get invited out to bars and and you ever see the Sopranos clip where, you know, Tony Soprano gets backdoored on the last play and then you hear the one guy in the club, Woo, uh, Buffalo, and he goes, this fucking guy's got $32 on that. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> what what Sunday look like for you? Now I would say my so that my Saturday much more mirrors your side. So I got a lot more investment in college football. I all I mean like I'm starting the day or like I waiting earlier than normal. Uh, you know, finding some of the the player props and stuff, doing some you know a last minute trading on some of the lines before there. Um, and then usually I'm taking in like you know the game start at noon. I'm watching like noon to two a.m. It's mostly me, like you know, in the in the you know the the, the basement, not the not the piano setup back here. You know, in the basement, just have the screen in front of me, betting, watching. You know, a couple of a couple of devices on. Um, Sunday though, I try and I you know I used I used to do the double dip. I have tried to reel it back in where I'll have the red zone on. I'm waiting for the football openers. Uh, cause two days in a row of that, I mean, you know, it's going to be one of those, like, could you imagine that doing all over, doing it again Monday? No, no, no. You'd be, you'd be in an early grade. So I used to try and do the double. I kind of reeled in my, uh, you know, NFL exposure in that to where Sunday can be more of a relax Saturday. I give myself the one day. Uh, I don't want to do two days back to back like that anymore. Or, uh, you know, you'll be, you know, at, at Joey K's funeral, you know, too soon. <laughs> yeah. I call my place the bunker. That's where we want. <laughs> I want to hit you up with some word association before we get out of here. I'm going to give you a name. You just give me uh, your first thought or a sentence uh, with your honest reaction when I give you the name, okay? Uh, we'll start off with Philly Godfather. Fraud. Scammer. 
not even a good one anymore. He used to be uh, like, uh, you know, welfare Vegas Dave now. Uh, guy, guy, he's a, I mean, listen, I know <laughs> like 15 years ago that people would let him on Fox and ESPN and stuff. Uh, yeah, I think those days are are over uh so yeah uh, pgf uh you know like uh no it's 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 time time to move out to pasture for him hey you got permission to go eh? like you don't you don't have to water it down for me okay uh <laughs> spanky uh but can back it up uh, a little obnoxious but makes it at the end of the day so respect for him kind of drives me crazy like that uncle that uh, has a lot of takes you know your crazy uncle that kind of drives that's a little old school that kind of you know you meet him at the christmas party you can take him for like an hour and then all of a sudden he's telling you about you know hey uh you know you know waving an american flag at you telling you you know how oh, the country needs to change you're like all right i, I gotta get out of here like yeah uh, hey, i'll see you next i'll see you next christmas right because uh, that's that's what i you know so i'll get you know shake his hand at best pass we'll talk about and then be like hey i'll see you next year i don't want to talk about that. <laughs> All right, uh, guy, you do a show with Brad Powers. <laughs> uh, like, determination, man. Like, he, like, I, and I, I didn't, honestly, like, he's a guy, you, you talk about competition or collaboration. Guy used to drive me nuts because he bets every fucking college football opener in the book. And so, like, before working together. But, I mean, the guy, like, I, like, he's watching, like, all 100 spring games. He's doing college football, like, he loves it's not an act like he loves college football like he's doing it year round nothing at like just like and like betting the stuff as soon as it comes out so from a competitor standpoint betting against him he drives me nuts from an actual like respect of like his knowledge and the work he puts in um i I think it's it's second to none uh and i'm not just saying that because i do a show with the guy Guys like fucking live and eat and breathe in college football all year round. He's touring empty stadiums every <laughs> so the, the last time. I, but I get more I get more DMs about like than the show about like, hey, is Brad doing a stadium tour? What's, what's he hitting this year? I'm like, I don't know. The guys at James Madison in the on like a Tuesday at like two two in the afternoon with nobody being like, ah, oh, giving us a preview. He's insane. A guy who grinds spring scrimmages for an edge that won't develop for another five months. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, like, oh, I'm watching the uh, the North Texas spring game here on Friday night, and I'll be like, oh my god, uh, Rufus Peabody. <sighs> Frustrating, from my perspective. Um, extremely knowledgeable, extremely smart. A little bit like. Where like he kind of is, is trying to, he I feel like he's hiding. This is maybe this is too deep. He kind of tries to like he's been doing this like Buddhist Zen thing of all like he's got that competitive itch in him. But he try he's like try like when you see him get like whether it be you know when he used to be out you know scrambling for props and that like he projects this image of like kind of almost like he's uh you know wants to be too nice and too much of a pleaser but he's got that he's got that genetic like competition streak in him so um you know he is him and him and uh jeff jeff ma drive that podcast wants me to jump off a bridge uh so yeah they drive me a little crazy but uh i mean again i'm not gonna they're 
I mean, he's the real deal. The guy's made, uh, you know, you know, seven figures easy uh, doing doing what he does. So uh, obviously respect him. Can really get the blood boiling though at some at some points, especially when he's tweeting about teasers. <laughs> uh Hitman. <laughs> I love I love chopping it up with the uh, the Hitman. I, I tell you, you know, the guy who I, I missed him and the guy I love chopping it up. Like, same as Bazola. Friend, friend of me type deal. Uh, uh, you know, listen, I like, he's also like a guy in, we're, you know, of, of my, of like, we're always looking for that, like that, that edge on something random on something, you know, that's mispriced. And we able able to get that, like, even like, how can we jam, like we found this mistake. How can we jam the shit out of it? So, uh, yeah, I, I listen, I like it, man. Uh, I like, you know, I don't mind. Uh, I like people who want to go back and forth in that. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's a good, he's a good guy. You guys uh, googling how hard it is to eat hot dogs in hot weather and uh... yeah, that's what, uh, the barometer temperature of uh, like how it's gonna be in uh, in Coney Island, New York on uh, on July fourth. Uh, you know, a month in advance. You know, I I didn't realize uh, I'm asking you all uh, uh, about a, a bunch of guys who I want as future guests, and I I might be putting them all at jeopardy. Here. <laughs> all right, last one, uh, Nick Costas. Uh, man, to like, I, like he should be hosting. I'm surprised, and like I know you better. You bet's done great. He he's like a plus host. I, I I really like. I wish the best for. I I, I think he should do be doing like. I think he could be doing like some like like the like uh the pregame shows on NFL pregame shows on Fox or stuff. So I think the the sky is the limit for him in terms of uh. I respect his hosting ability uh, and what he's been able to to grow, um, and just you know the fact that if, I, I love going on their show, so I like him a lot. Um, and, and a guy that I, w- I would bet on in terms of his future uh, in the industry as as a host. I love that he's going to be a guest on this show in the very near future. So I'm going to let him know you said all the kind words about him. No, I I really I, I believe I'm honestly surprised that and I know he was doing like a CBS. Thing. And maybe that he's he's doing what he loves now with the I could see him being like, you know, like Kurt Menefier, one of those guys like uh, you know, down the line. Uh it seems like some of these jobs you can't get until you're like fifty five years old. Like in broadcasting, it's like I gotta put in forty years before they'll let me actually do a an NFL game. Um but yeah, somebody I could see uh you know, being on being on the big time one day, being like, Ah, I used, I used to, you know, do a weekly hit with that guy when he was doing uh, sports betting radio. Yeah, it's like a pilot. You got to fly X amount of hours before they let passengers on your plane. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, oh, if you didn't play the sport, to it's like, like freaking Al Michael has been doing you know football for like 80 years. It's like, Jesus Christ, give somebody else an opportunity. Guy can like, can like barely see the game anymore. <laughs> uh, Kanish, you were a blast, man. Uh, you are as advertised. I loved having you on. Thank you so much, man. No doubt, brother. No doubt. It was good to finally get on, and uh, I wish you all the best with the show. All right, and uh, let's uh, we'll send Jason to the store for both of us from now on. I was gonna, hey, yeah, not, now that I know you're a pro line guy, this is probably the worst mistake you ever made. I'm gonna have you. It's gonna be two a.m. Your girlfriend's be like, "Where are you going?" You're like, "Anyway, but no, I gotta go to the store for Joey K." <laughs> yeah, Joey K needs four K down. <laughs> on this, on this video. All right, buddy, thanks so much, man. Absolutely. Hey, that's it for me. Another edition of 90 Degrees is in the books. I want to thank my guest, Joey Kanish, gambling Twitter DGen, creator at the Hammer Betting Network, the sponsors of this podcast, Pinnacle and Betstamp, and my producer, Jason Cooper. Thanks for listening. Before you go, do me a favor. 
like the content, subscribe, share, and comment. We'll be back next week with another guest on the 90 Degrees Podcast, where we give an inside look into the sports betting industry. That's it for me. Hope you enjoyed. Until next time.